on his Matt Mosley show, ESPN Central Texas, and always happy to be joined by Sam Kahn Jr. with The Athletic. We've uh, worked at some of the same places over the years, had some of the similar bosses, and uh, I would say, uh, Sam, welcome back to the Matt Mosley show. The um, This Jimbo Fisher thing was interesting today. My favorite part, and you have uh, written about this, uh, was him saying he, that he had he had all you know he was talking about all the things he had in Texas, all the things he loved about it, and he said, "I've got my ranches here." I thought that was a I thought that was a good moment for Jimbo, just to let everybody know, yeah, I'm feeling good. I've got my ranches. It was a very Texan thing to say. Hey, cut him up. I I can't hear. He's, he should be good. Aaron, I, I'm not hearing Sam. I'm not either. I don't. Let me let me check the line. All right. Well, trying to talk to Sam Con Jr. and uh, for for various reasons, I'm not I'm not hearing Sam's voice. Maybe he can hear me. Aaron, try something. If not, we'll have to uh, we'll have to give Sam a call back. Not sure what exactly is going on. I was just reading one of his stories that I Let's enjoyed. try again. So something tells Let's me see Sam's if this able works. to Let's... hear me, but uh, unfortunately, I'm not able to uh, hear him. Can you um, hear me? Can uh, Aaron, can you hear me okay? Okay. Well, that, we picked a fine time for this to happen. All right, tell Sam that we will uh, get back to him and text me. Aaron, if you can, uh, if you can hear me, it's Matt Mosley's show. We had some gremlins impacting us today. Heard it a little bit in that last uh, segment, so we'll try to reconnect with Sam if we can, because uh, always enjoy talking to Sam. And for some reason, I can't hear the man. And uh, I do like, though, I'll just talk about Sam for a minute when he does his uh, his top. This is his Texas top 12, and it's all the programs in Texas. And the man knows uh, his Texas football programs. And, yes, I got you, Aaron. Do we have – oh, we're going to try Sam again. If it doesn't work this time, Aaron, we're, we're, we're done. We're not going to put Sam through this. But uh, we'll give him another a chance. Sam's been writing today about, um, about this whole situation because there was some thought – that the athletic director at LSU would think of Jimbo first and what a mess it has become at LSU, especially not even two years removed from a national title that they would be out having to uh, name another head coach. So we're trying to get Sam on. Sam uh, does a fine job at the athletic. I gave him such a nice introduction, and then we were not quite able to to get him on. And uh, Sam, if you hear me, just say the word. But, uh, I am here. What, I can hear you oh, now. Oh, Sam, my goodness. Man, we really like to kind of put our guests through some things, make them jump through a lot of hoops. So, Sam, <laughs> good to be visiting with you. And, uh, by the way, uh, I, I don't know how much of that you heard at the start, but great to have you. But this is uh, this this is interesting because this Jimbo thing never goes away. Even now he's an a Even with this enormous contract, and the LSU job is suddenly open, and immediately Jimbo's name comes up because of his time with the LSU AD, because of his time at LSU. But what you heard today, and Sam, what you've already written today, do, do you kind of feel like that, that, that Jimbo is truly 
happy at A&M, and is it far-fetched to believe that there's some way that he could end up next season as the LSU head coach? Yeah, I, I wouldn't bet on him being a bad version. Let's not forget he's had a chance already to take this job uh, in 2016 when, when Orgeron ended up getting it. That, you know, LSU, uh, Jimbo was somebody that LSU vetted and considered, but obviously they went to the Tom Herman route initially. They didn't want to um, you know, when Herman pulled out eventually with Texas. So this is not the first time that we've been down this road with Jimbo. And I do think – I understand why people connect him there. You know, he's got a lot of roots there because of his seven seasons there winning the national championship. I believe his two sons were born there. Uh, so there's a, there's a lot of ties. And, and his friendship with Scott Woodward. But he gets everything he wants at Texas a They have given him the keys to the kingdom. He's got a guaranteed contract for the next 10 years upwards of $94 million uh, they, that's fully guaranteed. So that's number one. Number two, any facility upgrades or any resource support that he wants from A&M, he asked for it, and they work to get it done. So that's a pretty good situation. And, and three, he's really happy there. He, he's, you know, he recently got married last year. Uh, you know, they, they enjoy College Station. He's got a ranch about a half hour away from College Station. He, he's into that. Uh, you know, he also owns one in West Virginia where he's from. So – uh, he's got a really good setup there at Texas A&M, and obviously they're being very successful. You know, they they went nine and one last year. They're five and two this year. They've beaten Alabama, and uh, LSU does have some advantages because LSU is in a better recruiting situation. They're the only Power Five program in their state. Uh, they're in a talent rich state, and clearly you can win national championships there. They've done it three times in the century. A&M has not won once in thirty nine. But I think Jimbo is really truly happy at A&M, and I, I would find it highly improbable that he ends up at Baton Rouge next year. Yeah, I think I, I I agree with you, and uh, and I I this whole thing uh, with Jimbo now it'll be interesting to see. Now let's go to another coach that's, that could come up, and again you've you've talked about this AD likes the splash hire, and and we know what what kind of coach he's going to go after. Do you think uh, my alma mater, the Baylor Bears? Do you think if if and of course I hope they continue to win these games. In fact, in the uh, in your 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 twelve uh, schools that you come out with the Lone Star twelve, the headline here says Baylor is flat out good. I love seeing that. The only possible downside is are one of these schools going to come after Dave Aranda? Um, Sam, would that? I mean, that would surprise me if Dave entertained something like that because he's still so new at this whole head coach thing, and because. That I mean, you talk about stepping into the frying pan. That's a rough. That's a rough transition right there. Do you think? Do you think I'm safe with Dave Aranda at least staying at Baylor for a couple more years? I think so. Just and you visited with him a lot. You know, I've spent some time with him this off season, and I just don't get the sense that he wants to step into the pressure cooker that would be in Baton Rouge. As as we've seen, they're making a move less than two years after winning a national championship. I don't get – Dave Aranda is not built like other head coaches. He doesn't strike me as the guy who wants to move around a lot and that is there just to chase championships or chase money. I think he's very deliberate and very strategic, and I do think he's going to be at Baylor for a while. The, the one, if there was one job I would think that would might intrigue him that's open is USC because he's got some Southern California roots. And – I think while that's a high-pressure job, I don't think it is to the same degree that LSU is. But even that said, I think he's so early in his Baylor tenure, and I think he really is trying to build something there. 
that I, I would be really surprised if he moved on from Baylor just as quickly because he just does not seem built to me like a lot of other coaches do that are going to job hop and pursue other big time opportunities. And, and I say that knowing that he's been there at LSU and he understands it, but he was there as a coordinator. He only had to deal with the media once a year when he was a coordinator there or in the postseason if they did get there. And he was mostly able to just sit back and spend time on the whiteboard and teach defense, which is what he loves to do. That's his heart at heart. That's yeah. Dave is a ball coach who wants to spend time on the whiteboard. And that's kind of him and his element. Being a head coach entails so much more than that. And he's, it's taking time to adjust to that. And I feel like he's adjusted to it really well at Baylor. But it's, I think, a much more controlled situation at Baylor. And there's a lot less outside influence at Baylor. And I think he likes it. It fits up with his value system. It fits up with his personality. And I think he's such a good fit for that university that I couldn't see him moving on just after two years. All right, talking to Sam Kahn Jr., you can read him uh, on the in the Athletic. And, uh, Sam, I'm, I'm interested, you know, talking about Dave, but this Baylor team, which you seem to be buying stock in right now, obviously the A&M win over Alabama uh, put them in the number one place in your rankings. But when you look at this team, and you spent time, like you said, with Dave, you had a really interesting offseason uh, about Dave, and boy, he does seem like he's almost too introspective to be a head coach at LSU. You know, they don't really appreciate people who look at themselves and give you all these thoughtful answers and all this kind of stuff. But uh, th- this team is fascinating in the sense that of all those teams you ranked, I don't know if anybody in that group has a defensive player like Jalen Petrie. I mean, he's unbelievable. Bernard's a great player. You saw what Doyle did. You commented on it. Uh, played both ways at fullback, uh, caught a p- touchdown, ran for one, had a sack. What, what about this Baylor team right now, Sam, grabs your attention the most? Um, and and what, what has kind of surprised you the most about this team? I think it's the offensive line play because that was, to me, the biggest question coming into the year. You know, even when when I was up there in the spring and visiting with Jeff Grimes, he, he, was, he said it flatly that, hey, I'm, I'm not sure if we're there yet from a depth standpoint in terms of what they needed up front. And certainly they, they got some big additions. You know, Jacob Gall coming in the transfer portal from Buffalo was a huge one, uh, and he's been fantastic this year. But them taking to Grimes and Mateos and that scheme, the, the way they have executed it, and just the night and day difference from performance. This was a team that had trouble protecting the quarterback last year, and they had trouble, trouble opening holes for running backs last year. And now all of a sudden they're one of the best rushing teams in the country, and they've done a great job of protecting Garrett Bohannon. To me, the transformation they've gone, gone through offensively with Bohannon's play, Abram Smith, a running back, it all goes back to what they've done up front, and that's credit to Grimes and Mateos, and also a credit to Aranda for having the ball to make the change after one year. It's not easy to make a coordinator change after one season. But but he clearly identified something that needed to be changed. He wanted something to fit more with what he felt like this football team should look like philosophically. And it's worked out really well to complement what's already a pretty good defense that I think we thought was going to be pretty good considering how much they returned. So I've been really impressed with that group. And I think to me that's been the biggest difference in why they're 6-1 and one right now. All right. Uh and and who knows where this thing is headed, but uh, it, it's it's a lot of fun. And you're right, last year did not seem to be the real deal. Now, this other teams, the other teams in your 12, it's a fun rankings that you do. And the cool thing is, all the way down to six, I mean, I, you resisted the urge, I know, 
to put those Cougars right ahead of the Longhorns. The Sark's going out there, and he keeps losing. I know you wanted to get those Cougs in front of them, but you held off, and you kept the the, uh, the Cougars at six. What do you think's going on? And, of course, we're looking at this thing because Baylor's getting ready to play Texas. Is this a – are they snake bit right now? Do you think what happened to them against OU – is this almost a mental thing? Because obviously they can go out, get leads, and then you know two times straight they've they forfeited sizable leads. What's going on with that team right now? Yeah, I think it's without question it's mental because I came away from that Oklahoma game thinking that that Texas team could play with anybody in the Big 12 and beat anybody in the Big 12 simply because of its offensive firepower. You look at B. John Robinson – you look at the way Casey Thompson has played since he started, and Xavier Worthy, that true freshman receiver they've got. I mean, those are three terrific skill position players, uh, hard to match that trio in the conference. But clearly, and Sarkeesian said it on Saturday after this loss, they have some kind of mental block that when they get a lead, that there's negative thoughts that creep in their heads, and they're wondering when's the ball going to drop. And I think that goes back to this. This is a team that even in the Tom Herman era struggled to win one possession games. It struggled to win close games. And I think for some of the veterans that are still on the team, that is still an issue clearly, because I don't think ability is an issue. There are talent deficiencies on the roster. I will, there are up front on, on the offensive line. They've got to get better. I think they've got to get better at linebacker, but I think they got enough talent to be a good team in this league. But, but I think a lot of it goes back to the mental aspect, and I'm really, really curious now coming out of this off week what they're going to look like when they go to Waco on October 30th. That's going to be really telling for the rest of this season and also what kind of what kind of job we're going to see from Steve Sarkeesian because he's got to hone in on this and he's got to get these guys right. Uh, even if they don't beat Baylor, they've got to come out and play well and set the tone for the home stretch of the season. All right. Well, I want to invite you to come into uh, come to Waco for that game, and I'll be doing a live show at the number one coffee house in all of Central Texas, Common Grounds, up on stage. Yes. And I Love want you to, to. Oh, good. Yeah, I want you to come visit with me there. And then I also wanted to. Uh, I also wanted to mention to you, Fort Worth, some place called Goldie's. Is that how I say this? Goldie's, number one on the New Texas Monthly barbecue list and uh have opened in 2020 that that was news to me have you been to that place by the way i have not i have not been to goldie's the the main place in fort worth that i've been to is heim which is where they sell okay. the bacon burn yeah. ends. i have okay. not been well, to goldie's i'm certainly maybe not going to go anytime soon because now that they're number one the lines are probably going to be super long yeah yeah but, i just but yeah, uh, I thought- but I saw Helberg made the top fifty. I, I love Helberg. Yes, in, yes. In Waco. That's that's out there. Uh, well, yeah. And, uh, and I've got you know Truth Barbecue, which is down here in Houston, is one of my personal favorites. Made the top ten. I was excited to see that. And Evie Mays and Lubbock for I know you guys. I didn't you guys host Texas Tech this year, but uh, Evie Mays and Lubbock is a stop that I always make when I go up there. It's uh, I, I, today was like almost like a holiday. I wish I didn't have to work today. Because uh, the top top fifty barbecue list came out, but uh, but I love I love to see some of those places and uh, and uh, definitely I make that a point in my travels around the state to try to go to all those places when I when I make my travels across the state. Yeah, well, listen, uh, appreciate you. Always fun to visit with you. Your next Hellberg's meal is on me. All right. Sounds good. Thanks so much, Matt. Appreciate you. We'll see you in a couple of weeks.